Welcome to Finding My Fit. I'm Athena and I'm just a girl trying to find where the heck I fit into the big wide world. Finding My Fit empowers you to become your happiest and healthiest self. Join me every week as we discuss all things health, wellness, mindset, manifestation and lots lots more so you can find your fit. Hi everybody and welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm joined by Druvin and Druvin is a qualified optometrist who developed and created a brand called OcuShield and they believe that eyes are everything and that by taking better care of your eyes you can actually improve your overall health and well-being. They sell some absolutely amazing products and all of their products are focused around blocking or filtering blue light. And that includes the blue light coming from your phones, your laptops, tablets, computers, all of these different devices. And blue light is something that I've spoken about on the podcast before. And we're going to talk all about blue light today and basically what it is, how it affects your eyes, your health, the potential negative effects of blue light, and also how you can block out blue light. We spoke a little bit also about Zoom fatigue, which is a phenomenon that many people are experiencing since the pandemic began. Now, a lot of us are working from home and we're doing a lot of online meetings and this can be very tiring. Let us welcome Druvin. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and if you want to check out the OcuShield products, I really suggest you do. I've got one of their products, it's the Blue Light Lamp and I've been using it and it's honestly amazing. So let's welcome Druvin. So Druvin, I'm really excited to chat with you today because I absolutely love talking about blue light. It fascinates me. I'm excited for you to share your expertise and tell us a little bit about your products and things. But first, can you just introduce yourself to the audience and let them know a little bit about you, your story and your brand? Yeah, certainly. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Yeah, I'm Druvin Patel. My profession is an optometrist. And within that journey, I started a company called OcuShield. And what we do is we create an ecosystem of products that limit blue light exposure from around us, including screens such as smartphones, tablets, and laptops, as well as the lighting around us. And by doing so, people or consumers that use our products can have fresher feeling eyes and better sleep after screen time. Amazing. I love the sound of your products. And it's definitely something I think we're going to need more and more of because we're all exposed to so much blue light. And I would love for you to explain why we're exposed to more blue light nowadays. What actually is blue light? And what are the main sort of like sources of blue light that we are exposed to nowadays? I mean, let, let me let me step back uh, and, and kind of run you through the story about how I came to also learn about blue light and how it um, yeah came to fruition. So Actually, when I was, um, which will kind of tie in nicely to your question, um, when I was um, studying to become an optometrist in 2013, I was actually working on the weekends at Vision Express here in the UK. And um, the lead optometrist at the time, she gathered the team, including myself, and she said, hey, we've got this new product innovation for people that wear glasses. And she said, it's something called blue control, and it's effectively a coating that goes onto spectacle wearers' lenses. And if they choose to have this, they'll have less eye strain because it limits something known as blue light. And I was really interested because 
or intrigued because my mother's always told me stop looking at screens because they're bad for your eyes right but she always she never had a real reason for it she just said stay away from screen you know stop looking at them so much and with that fascination I, I kind of um, ran back to my university next week and I I you know kind of almost demanded that I wanted to research products on blue light and somehow I got my way so I started researching how blue light affects the eye's physiology and circadian rhythm, which is our eye structures and sleep-wake cycle. And after nine months of doing that research, I found, yes, not only did blue light from screens affect um, our visual system, so causing eye strain and fatigue, but also leading to headaches, blue light also suppressed melatonin, which makes it harder for us to have, or harder for us to fall asleep, but also have a well-rested sleep. So my mind was a little bit blown at that point because I thought, these are two massive pain points. You know, it was only the iPhone 3 slash 4 era, so early on in the smartphone boom. And I knew technology was only going to become more and more integrated into our lives and we'll spend more time with devices. And selfishly, I wanted a product that I could use because I didn't wear glasses. So I thought, how can I take that technology that's on these lenses coatings and put it into something that can go maybe directly on the screen itself? Because actually 60% of the world 60-70% don't wear spectacles. So that's where my journey began with um, OcuShield and my research into blue light. And from then when I had that idea, I actually at the university as a sister university called Cass Business School, and um, they always encourage entrepreneurship. And, you know, it was a competition where you submit an idea. And after two or three stages, I was you know fortunate enough to win. And I got some grant funding and I really, you know, set about making this product come to life and across 18 months I researched and developed you know the technical specifications the product manufacture and by January 2015 um, in that time I must have set up a wix.com website and everyone I'd speak to I'd you know send them there and get their email address and I somehow got a thousand pre-orders by that point and with that the grant funding and some student loan I said I want to spend my money to create this product so these you know, these customers can get the products. And effectively, from my university dorm room, I um, launched our first line of products and started shifting, um, yeah, the goods. And from there, you know, I, I still had to qualify as an optometrist in 2016. And then I was contractually tied to Specsavers until 2018. Um, but the business grew to a six-figure business. And I said, you know, I, I'm getting burnt out because I'm working evenings and lunches. But also, you know, I knew the impact... That I was having um, in testing eyes, I was maybe seeing 10 to 20 patients a day. I thought, actually, if I can protect people's eyes from blue light um, via the official products, I could protect, you know, dozens to hundreds or thousands a day. So I said, I want to, I want to go full time with this and grow the business. And um, that's where, yeah, that's how Occupy kind of began. And now we kind of sell in over 70 countries. You know, sell with super job opticians, Nordstrom, Sky Mobile and a few other key retailers, Selfridges. And um, yeah, it's been an incredible journey. And, you know, we're all about limiting the harmful effects of blue light. It's so interesting. I always think to hear how people ended up starting their brands and things. And I love that yours came from a place of wanting to help more people and knowing that starting a brand that 
focuses on these kind of products is the perfect way to reach a wider audience and make more people aware of blue light. What are the main sources of blue light? Is it pretty much all from artificial screens or is it from natural sources as well? So I'll take it back to kind of GCSE slash A-level science as well, because, you know, if you're like me, you probably don't remember much of uh, what we studied a little while ago. If some of the listeners are in that period, you might have come across it. But um, to, to, to tell you a little bit more about, I guess, light here in the UK, especially, we have, sun, you know, when you have sunglasses, you have a sticker on them, which says UV 400. And what that means is the sunglasses protect UV light from zero to 400 nanometers, which comes from the sun. Now, when you look at a spectrum of light, you've got that on the left-hand side. And then from 400 to 700 nanometers is visible light. So it's all the light around us that we can see. And then 700 nanometers onwards, you've got infrared light and radio waves. But what we're concerned with is that visible spectrum of light in the middle, um, because blue light is a type of visible light that starts at 400 nanometers um, and goes up to 500 nanometers. And actually, what, we, what we've seen is the 400 to 450 nanometers of blue light affects our eyes. So that's causing that eye strain, visual stress, and also potentially some diseases, eye diseases in the future, such as macular degeneration. And then blue light from 450 to 500 nanometers um, impacts our sleep. And why that's important is, um, to your question on where does blue light come from, the largest emitter of blue light is the sun. And the reason why that's uh, relevant is, I'll give you an example, you know, back in the day, in the caveman days, um, there wasn't any alarm clocks, right? So what they'd use, their, their bodies, they'd use the sun as a cue to wake up because we have something called the retinal ganglion cells in our eyes, which when, when light hits it, it sets off your circadian rhythms and it stops producing melatonin and your body's alert and it's ready for the day. Now, what happened in the evening when the sun set? Um, in those days, they used candles, which candles don't emit any blue light. And they were able to fall asleep as melatonin would start being produced. But what we're doing now is we're bringing in, in the artificial sun in our hands in the form of a screen. So we're telling our bodies, for example, that actually it's the daytime when it's not, but because it's you know, tricked into thinking that with all these devices we're using. So that's a really you know, key example of how you know, how things have changed, but also blue light comes from the sun. It also comes from artificial devices. And lastly, it comes from the lighting around us. So the lighting we have in our rooms, um, there's actually more blue light in the lighting in our rooms, LED light bulbs, but because they're indirect, so we don't, we don't stare at the light right in our rooms, but we do stare at screens. So that's why the screens are more impact, impactful because you're directly looking at that source of light and you know, nine times out of 10, again, if you're like me, you're on screens maybe more than eight hours a day. So that cumulative exposure is building up and affecting our health in those multiple ways, which is the eyes and sleep. And it also affects your skin as well. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm on screens literally from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep, whether it's my laptop, my phone, the TV, like it's crazy. And I always think about this because my job is, so much like I need to be on my computer for my job and I always think like I wish that I could do my job without having to look at a screen because I do find at the end of the day sometimes my eyes are just they feel so strained and I think it's just because I'm staring at a blue light screen all the time do 
Do you think the reason that screens have more of an effect on our eye health than the sun is because a lot of us don't really go outside that often anymore? Like most of us, we spend like 90% of our day indoors. So we don't really get very much sun exposure, I guess. Do you think that's partly like a reason why screens are more impactful? I think it's massive. You know, I, I think the way we we spend our days now has changed so much that um, we now are having to find time in our days to get outside. You know, whereas previously in the past, you'd be out and about, you'd be meeting people, you know, there wasn't technology where you'd be technically sitting in a cubicle and working that many, you know, there'll be more commuting, there'll be, especially the hybrid way we're working now, you know, post-pandemic, there'll be even more of that. So I do agree that now we are, you know, exposed to more artificial light. And if we are spending more time in the sun, um, then yeah, you know, that would be detrimental in the same way. Um, but we're just not spending that much time outdoors. So it's actually more, you know, we've got something that is really close to our eyes, you know, proximity wise, um, and we're staring at it nonstop um, for either work, leisure, um, and also connecting with friends and family that might not be, you know, near us if we're Zoom calling them from, you know, another country. So all these things come into play. Yeah, for sure. It's so crazy that, we've gone from being outside all the time and getting blue light exposure that way to being indoors and still getting the same blue light exposure. It's really like we can't really win, to be honest. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess like what are the main negative effects of blue light? I know you mentioned before a little bit about the circadian rhythm and melatonin. I'd love for you to go into a bit more detail about that and maybe any other negative effects that blue light can have, not only on our eyes, but on our general health. I think the main thing to remember here is, you know, all our bodies are different. So we all react in different ways. You know, I know some people that can use screens right up until their bedtime and knock out literally the minute after. Um, but, you know, that's a rare occasion. <laughs> rare occurrence there, you know, but most people are impacted by the stimulation of blue light. And, you know, coming back to the eyes, it's something that you're not going to feel immediately if you've been using a screen for 10 minutes. It's something that compounds. But if you imagine our visual system, it's like a muscle. You know, when you go to the gym and you do 10, 15 reps, you're going to get start getting tired and you need to take a break. The same way our visual system, you know, you may be able to get away for a few hours, but then you start feeling in the afternoon, your eyes are getting tired, and by the evening, you might be struggling. But this blue light is contributing to that phenomenon where, you know, you're feeling exhausted, your visual system is feeling exhausted, and it then can turn into headaches and migraines. And then secondly, you know, we mentioned about the sleep aspect, and there's multiple things, you know, sleep is such a massive topic. And I think if we can do you know, if you can do most of the things right, which I think the two key things for me is one is sleep hygiene, which is making sure you're going to bed and waking up at the same time, six days out of seven. That's really key. Um, and second is controlling the lighting um, in your life, you know, very much so up until bedtime. Um, what we tend to do, as, as I've spoken about before, is that artificial light is stimulating the body. So therefore we want to be limiting the amount of artificial light we have before bed. And that's also about thinking about the lighting in the environment. You know, we don't want bright white daylight type of lighting in the evening in our houses because that is, you know, really bad. 
Um, because if you stop using your phone, but you have that type of lighting in the evening, you know, from 6 p.m. onwards, you're, you're still gonna, it's still going to feel like daytime because that white light's going to bounce off the walls into your eyes. And that's not good either. So we do need to think about those things. And, you know, we, we at Alpicia, we have a lamp called the Opti lamp, which is our all day, all night lamp. And why I really love this product is it teaches consumers about the different color temperatures of light and when they, when they should use them. So for example, we have a white daylight, which is 5,500 Kelvin, which is the measure of how, um, how bright a light is basically in terms of the color. And that's used usually in the morning for people to get up and for them to, you know, get ready for the day. And then in the afternoon, there's a light, which is 3,500 Kelvin. It's a bit warmer, but it means they can, you know, work at their desk without having, you know, the, the harsh white light. And then there's a 2,500 Kelvin light, which is the warmer, you know, orange light used in the evenings, which can be used to, you know, read a book or if you have children, you know, for example, reading to them. And this product allows consumers to do that. And you can do something similar with Philips Hue light bulbs or Lifex light bulb in the lighting around you. The Loki lamp is just a desk lamp. So if you're thinking about actually kitting out your room or house, which I do recommend, you can actually sync these light bulbs up to, you know, the, the, the day and actually um, the time, and it automatically changes into a warmer light, which is really important. Um, and lastly, I think I mentioned about skin. So skin is something that's come up in the last one or two years, actually. So last year, Unilever released a piece of research which said 30 hours of screen time increased the risk of skin inflammation by 40%. So it actually caused skin inflammation and increased it by 40%, which is massive, you know, and that means it reduces the elasticity in your skin, which contributes to early aging. Now, if we're using, you know, iPhones very close to our faces, but no one, you know, no one holds them at arm's length, which we should do for laptops and monitors at least. But for iPhones, you'd look a bit silly if you're holding things far, that far away. But, you know, again, if you're like me scrolling through TikTok or Instagram um, in the evenings, you've got it right close to your face. That skin element is also something to be concerned about. Yeah, I never really thought about the effects of blue light on skin. Like I, I always think about it in terms of like the eyes and the sleep weight cycle. And I kind of just forgot that it, it could actually affect our skin. Not that many people speak about blue light or not enough people do, yet it's so impactful on our health. And like you mentioned there, literally every aspect of our health can be affected by the amount of blue light that we are exposed to. So if we wanted to reduce the amount of blue light we are exposed to, say, say if somebody works on a screen all day, then they come home and they watch TV and then they're on their phones before they're going to sleep. So they're exposed to so much blue light throughout the day. They can't really do much about that if they're at work, they have to be on a computer screen. But what steps can they take to reduce their blue light exposure, even if they are still using a computer or a phone? And I guess in this answer, I'd love for you to talk a bit about your products and how your products can help to block or filter the blue light too. Yeah, definitely. And I'll give I'll give uh, your audience three three quick tips that can be used to mitigate blue light and reduce the risk. So, one is sim- something simple as reducing the brightness on your devices. the The lower the intensity of your screen, the less blue light you'll be exposed to. Secondly, I touched on it before, which is proximity, which means how far your device is. 
definitely for laptops and monitors, make sure there are arms length away. So at the tip of your finger, when you extend your arm, that's where the screen should be. Um, as I said, for iPhones, probably a little bit harder, but bear that in mind. And thirdly, you can use software on Apple devices, Android, um, which is something called night mode or night shift. And when you turn it on, it can reduce blue light. Um, th these were made very much so for protecting the sleep wake cycle. Um, the problem we find with them is these softwares make your screen very orange. Um, and if you were like me, what I didn't like was I didn't enjoy sending an email when everything looked orange, watching Netflix when again everything looked orange. And it kind of leads us onto OptiShield where all of our products selectively filter out the blue light without changing the color on the screen. So it means it works seamlessly in the background. Um, so our core products are screen protectors for iPhones, iPads, where you know, it protects your screen, but it also limits the blue light. Um, we also have these filters for laptops and monitors. And um, we have some glasses products as well. So if you don't, you know, if you don't need glasses, um, but you want blue light filtering technology, official glasses, you can you put them on when you're at your desk and they can protect your eyes from blue light from all your monitors or screens. And, you know, these are the ways that I recommend on limiting blue light. Um, but I'd first yeah, advocate trying those simple steps and seeing if that makes a difference. And if it does, you know, I think about you know, what other options are there if they're not, you know, the best suited to you? Because, you know, sometimes it's not as easy as um, putting your screen further away or, you know, turning your software. Sometimes you just need something that works in the background without you having to think about it um, like an should. I love that because I, I mean, like I've got night mode on, like literally every software possible. Like I really don't like looking at white screens because as soon as I look at them, my eyes are just like, no. I think because I'm so used to using night mode, I just can't go back to like light mode. <laughs> what do you think of blue light blocking glasses? Because I feel like there's so many of those, like you go on Amazon now, you type in blue light blocking glasses and there are so, so many different brands that offer them. But I wanted to get your sort of take on like how effective do you think they are? Are they that regulated in terms of could a brand just put out a pair of blue light blocking glasses and just sort of put like an orange filter on the glasses and say oh well these are blocking the blue light or is it quite strictly regulated and I guess you would sort of know the ins and outs of this because your company focuses on that kind of thing yeah totally so this is where it's really important because you're right now any brand that's a fashion brand or what is, is, is doing blue light blocking glasses because everyone uses screens and they've seen that the impact they can have. Um, you know, from our perspective, we're a team of optometrists, we're healthcare led, and, you know, we make sure all our products are registered with the MHRA in the UK, which is the Medicines and Healthcare Regulatory Agency. So they're that agency that actually approved the COVID vaccine, but they also make sure products such as ours which we register them as medical devices, um, do what they say and are safe for the market. Now, what we're finding, you know, in terms of other products, the area isn't regulated. So it does mean people can launch products. Um, they can claim to do something, but not actually do them. So, you know, I think whenever you're looking for products, it's always important to look at the credentials of the company that's making them and then look a little bit deeper, you know, into what, what they're creating. And I, I think that's just really important. I think there's lots of 
brands now just jumping on the bandwagon and trying to make a quick buck. I think it's, you know, our customers come to us because they trust us and we, we, we provide the expert advice, but also do the, the testing, the checks and registration with, with the regular regulatory bodies to make sure that we have the best interest of the consumer in mind. So yeah, I'd always, you know, I'd always look and again, price is always a good metric. You know, you, you pay for what you get. So you can, as you said on Amazon, probably get something for five or 10 quid. But again, you know, how much work has gone into that? Is that a reputable brand or something that's just jumping on a, a trend, for example? So that's why I'd say is, you know, look, look, do your research and then make a decision. Thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people probably do just go on Amazon, they pick the first product and then they think, all right, well, I can sit on my screen all day and there's no blue light going into my eyes, but there's so much more that goes into it than that. The final question I wanted to talk about, the final topic to cover is Zoom fatigue. And this is something that you sort of suggested to talk about. And I love the idea of talking about this because it's so relevant for people now, especially post-pandemic or I guess we're still in the middle of it but now everybody's working remotely they're doing a lot of that meetings that would usually be in person on zoom instead and zoom fatigue is definitely a thing I experienced that even after two or three zoom meetings and I feel sorry for the people that have to do about eight different meetings every single day for work so explain to us like what is zoom fatigue and how could we overcome Zoom fatigue? So Zoom fatigue, the definition is effectively the feeling we feel after having, you know, it could be for someone one Zoom, or it could be for someone else numerous Zoom calls, but it's the feeling you have of exhaustion. And the reason why that happens is when we're on a video call, you've got your camera on, you've got the other person's camera on, but what happens is 90% of the time as humans, we probably end up looking at ourselves more than we do the other person. And in turn, what happens is we're so worried about our um, micro movements and how we're perceived because of our body language or, you know, if we want to interject and, you know, we get ignored or, you know, all these things that happen while we're on a, on a Zoom call or a video call contribute towards Zoom fatigue. And, you know, simple things we can do now is actually, instead of having video calls, just have a, have a um have a voice call you know that means you don't have that zoom fatigue element and actually it's just the same as going back to when people used to have telephone calls you know that's that doesn't cause that zoom fatigue element so yeah something what i'd always recommend now is if you can have a video meeting or a zoom call on a voice call do it and also you know sometimes it's just saying hey you know i'm not maybe i'm not comfortable today putting on my camera or even just saying you know my camera's not working and most people will be like oh okay it's not a problem I'll turn mine off and it will actually make you feel a lot better at the end of the day if you're someone that has loads of video calls definitely try that and you'll find your day feels a lot better. I love that you've suggested to turn the camera off because I like whenever I have a call whether it's for a client or even for the podcast today I always leave my camera off and unless the client or the person specifically requests me to put my video on, I won't put it on because I feel like 
I do get a lot more fatigued when I'm on video. And I think it's because conscious, well, subconsciously, I'm kind of thinking about the way I look on the camera. And that's like an extra like stress or an extra thing to think about during the call. So I I love just leaving the camera off. And also it means that I don't have to get ready and I can just sit in my pajamas, which I also love. Um, so I, I love that you've suggested to leave the camera off because it's just so much easier. So, so it much is. easier. It is. And as you said, the main benefit is, you know, being able to sit in your pajamas and get your work done. You know, that's a, it's a massive bonus, right? <laughs> <laughs> Such a huge bonus, especially if you have calls all day. <laughs> so to round up the podcast, I'm going to do like a true or false round. And I'm going to say five different statements and I would love for you to respond with true or false to each one of these. This is quite a new little segment that I've decided to put on my podcast. So I've only done it once before with one of the guests and and it seems to be all right then, but we'll see how it goes today. You can answer true or false, but if you want to like, you know, elaborate a little bit on your answers, then you can definitely do so. Um, So are you ready for the true or false round? I am. I'm excited, but also worried. But yeah, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honestly, they're quite easy, but I thought it'd be an amazing way to like round up everything we've said. So the first one is blue light is not found naturally. It's only emitted from our electronic devices. True or false? False, because you can get blue light from the sun as well. Amazing. So next one, all blue light is bad for you. True or false? false because again if you have blue light from the sun in the mornings that's going to be helpful to stimulate your you know make you feel ready for the day yeah amazing everybody's eyes will degenerate over time that is true unfortunately so the only things guaranteed in life are birth death and glasses so after 40 most people will have to wear glasses in in some point of their life wow that's scary (laughs) I feel like some of us probably think, oh, well, I'm never going to have to wear glasses. But pretty much every older person I see does wear glasses. So, okay, next one. There's nothing you can do to slow down eye degeneration. Um, False. So there's lots of things you can do. Um, Protecting your eyes from blue light, of course. Making sure you get your green vegetables in. Kale and spinach, 200 grams a day. They have antioxidants, which protect the eyes. And also omega-3s, or if you're vegetarian like me, you've got algae, um, or you, which you can, you can take instead. But um, yeah, there's lots of things you can do to protect your eyes. Yeah, I love that. So many different things. Okay, the final one is blue light exposure shortens our lifespan. True or false? Oh, um, that's a tough one. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I, oof, it, it, oh, I'd, say, I'd say false um but yeah that's <laughs> it's, it's a tough one because they look if you look at it i mean something interesting what i want to share with you all is um you know there was a research done which asked people out of all their senses which sense would most people like to lose the most and everyone says their eyes and it's one of those things that you don't think about until your eyes have problems but if you can imagine i think i spoke about before there's research that shows long-term through light exposure contributes to macular degeneration, which is the loss of your central vision, and, um, which means in the center you have a black hole, which I know people that are affected by visual impairment or blindness, which can impact their life and in turn shorten their, their lifespan. So yeah, that's the technical there. 
Yeah, that was definitely a tough one to end with. I I feel like if I had to lose a sense, I don't know what I would choose. I would I definitely would not choose my sight. For me, not being able to see or you know when you're in like pitch black, that is mm. really scary. I absolutely hate that and I feel like sight is the one I would want to lose the least. Yeah. And the yeah. thought of any kind of eye like you know degeneration is really scary to me agreed agreed it's um yeah you know I I always uh I'm always in awe of people that don't have um you know vision or they have vision loss because um yeah it will be totally scary yeah for sure so Druvin that is the end of the podcast like I said at the start all of this stuff really fascinates me and I love that your products are really driving innovation in the whole blue light world because there are so many brands out there that are claiming to block blue light and filter blue light but a lot of them don't really have very much merit behind them whereas your brand you've clearly thought about the impacts of blue light and how your products can be integrated into someone's lifestyle without like affecting their daily living if that makes sense so I really love what you're doing and I'm really excited for the listeners to hear this episode I'm gonna link your website and all of your different information in the show notes so if people do want to go and check out your products which I really suggest they do then they're all going to be in the show notes it's been amazing thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today no problem at all and if anyone wants to see me squirm on tv if you type in Dragons Den Occupied in Goo. You should find us, um, find me, me and my fellow founder um, on TV talking about everything Occupied. Oh my god, that's crazy! I, I'm gonna go and search that after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have fun. I was sweating on TV, but the result was a, a good one. But I won't spoil it for anyone that wants to go and go and watch it. <laughs> if you want me to, I might put that in the show notes so people can actually go and have a look because. <laughs> totally, feel free to do it. <laughs> So that is the end of the episode. I'm going to link OcuShield in the show notes. So if you want to check out their products, which I really, really suggest you do, then you can just head over there. It will be in the show notes. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave me a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts and follow or subscribe on whichever podcast platform you use. If you want to connect with me on Instagram, it's at Finding My Fit Podcast and I will see you in the next episode.